Declaring enough is enough, Prime Minister Theresa May of the United Kingdom has vowed to carry out a sweeping review of Britain's counter-terrorism measures after the country was hit by that terrorist attack, first on London Bridge and then the surrounding area. Seven people left dead, many more injured, and this in the wake of the Manchester attack. In fact, the third major terrorist attack in the country in three months. Why is Britain suddenly looking more vulnerable. Let's bring in Patrick Wintour, diplomatic editor from The Guardian. Thank you very much for joining us. Hello, how are you? Well, good, all things considered, here in Seoul. Um, mm. Two of the three men who, who carried out Saturday night's latest attack, they've now been named by police. They were uh, all shot dead by police, these uh, suspected attackers. Can you tell us what we know at this point? Yes, um, two have been named, as you said. One is a Pakistan-born 27-year-old uh, uh, from East London called Quran Bhatt and who was known to the police and to the intelligence agencies uh, prior to the attack. Uh, and um, I think there were at least two attempts by members of the public to warn the intelligence agencies about Bhatt's activities. Um, and the second individual was called Rashid Radun from Barking, East London, who uh, is either Moroccan or Libyan and certainly operated under two different aliases. And um, less is known about his background. I mean, they both had jobs, had work, and both seem to have been radicalized, uh, one in the recent past and one further back. The third individual, who was obviously shot dead on um, on the evening, has yet to be named or be named tomorrow morning. And I think in hospital there are, as we speak, 46, 48 injured, and I think some of them are seriously injured, 18 in a critical condition. Yeah, exactly right. That's what we're still hearing. And uh, when you say tomorrow mm. morning, of course, for you, uh, it's still uh, late at night. And we thank you for taking the Sorry, time yeah. to speak with us. And I just want to clarify that for our listeners. <laughs> um, so, sure. I mean, this police investigation, it, it does seem to be moving along pretty fast. They, they didn't waste any time in arresting a dozen suspects. But I think what happens in these in these situations is any kind of contact at all with any of the individuals. I think they quite quickly knew who they were, partly due to some ID left on the individuals. They, they just uh, swept up quite a large range of people, and um, no one has been charged. I think they've all been released, but um, as many as 12 were arrested, and I don't doesn't mean necessarily uh, none of them won't be charged in the future. Um, but what kind of grouping and how these three people came together is obviously what the police are trying to put together at the moment um, and there are suggestions they were linked to a band um, Islamic extremist group um, and uh, so in the, there is sort of known to be an ideological connection between the three and when we talk about ideological connection it all points in the direction of IS or some some sort of group with that kind of attitude. Uh, IS itself has already claimed responsibility, uh, but then again, IS yep. will claim responsibility for anything that... Uh, yes, they that claim responsibility for anything gender. that moves, anyone who is killed, and uh, I think you have to take with a large pinch of salt the Islamic State's um, attempt to claim responsibility because it partly is designed to inflate its uh, own importance as an organisation.
organisation, and it's noticeable often that they actually don't have, they don't make those claims very quickly, and often don't seem to have very much knowledge of the episodes that have occurred. So I wouldn't necessarily regard this as a sort of operation run from um, outside uh, the UK. It can very much like to be a homegrown um, group. Yeah. In a sense, though, it makes it harder for the police when they are homegrown groups, uh, groups of people who can talk without any need for technology, no whispers down phone lines, just meeting in a room and planning to take crude weapons. How on earth do you stop that? Well, the, the, the problem is, is twofold. One is that the, the nature of these attacks, they are... Uh, so brutal they are. There is there is no attempt to to hit anything but a soft target. So we've had um, teenagers at a pop concert. We've had um, people going to the House of Commons, the Parliament, and we've had people basically out for a drink on a Saturday night um, in a totally sort of area part of London, which would not be in any way connected with politics. Um, these are totally soft targets. They're impossible to protect. And um, anyone who says that, you know, we need to strengthen the resilience of the buildings we have in London or Manchester, it's ridiculous. It's not possible to do that. Um, and then the other great difficulty is the number of people that the intelligence agencies are trying to track. There is going to be criticism of the intelligence agencies in the sense that they have had tip-offs about some of the people who've been involved in these recent attacks and that perhaps they should have had them uh, more closely monitored, closer on their radar. But when you're talking as many as, uh, as the police do and the intelligence agencies talk in terms of 20,000 people, it's just that you cannot follow that number of people. And even if you have that number whittled down to 400, 500, the number of police you require to follow these people is just massive. Yeah, well, it's not a, a, it's a resources are not really an issue. I think the issue is trying to change the way in which people are motivated to do this. I mean, we, we talked about how these are soft targets, but it's very hard not to now bring politics into it with the general election being held mm. this Thursday. And um, there, there will be some who, who will feel that uh, this is not the time to remove Theresa May from power, that, uh, that they'll for whatever criticisms they might have of her, they might feel that she offers uh, the best chance of security. Others will feel that Jeremy Corbyn of the main opposition has a, has a, a more enlightened approach. Uh, do, do you think it's going to have a profound impact on the result of that election? I think it's certainly, it's certainly changed the intended final few days in terms of the political parties intended agenda um to be to be very blunt about it i think probably this in no intentionally uh, in no way intentionally but it probably helps the conservative party in the sense that uh this is about um a security issue and one of the weaknesses of jeremy corbyn has been his past um attitude to whether we need to camp down on extremists and the way he's voted in the past and his attitude to, in a broader sense, about defence and security. Whilst obviously the um, Prime Minister was a former Home Secretary and is associated with security 
and strength. Now, on the other hand, you can say she's also been in office for a, a long time, either as Home Secretary and Prime Minister, and not a lot has been achieved in terms of trying to root out the causes of this extremism in, in the UK. And she's coming under attack about cuts in police numbers. She's coming under attack about what the government's actually done about extremism. What are these reports that they've had commissioned? How many of them have been published? How much of action has happened as a consequence? I myself was looking at a speech that the former Prime Minister David Cameron made in February 2011 about extremism. It was a very important speech. It was kind of a landmark speech, but it was six years ago, and I can really not tick off very much about that, that, that's changed in terms of government activity. Now, none of these um, none of these issues are really about legislation. They're about changing mindsets, and it's going to take a very long time. But it's not a complete... Um, it's not, it's not possible to say that this all goes in the direction politically of the, the Home Secretary, because she, uh, the former Home Secretary, because she has been in power for so long and there is um, increasing questions about A, how the police have managed to track people and B, whether they've been given the resources to do so. Yeah, it does seem like we're left with that question, not just in Britain, but across the world. Do we tighten restrictions or... As I, I use that word enlightened, some would uh, criticise that, but do we go for a different approach and, and try to um, better engage, if you like? Uh, thank you very much for joining us today, and we welcome further listener feedback, Powder Sharp 1013 for 51 per message.